0: Hello, Liam. How are you? Good, man. How are you going?
1: Yeah, good. Long time. Good no to be see. back. Yeah, long time no see. <laughs> yeah. About five minutes. <laughs> um, today we have our guest, Honor.
2: Hi. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm great. Yeah. yeah. So, Honor, uh, we got you in because uh, you have a YouTube channel.
2: I do. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, and you talk about the Perth. Um, uh, Like kind of live scene a bit Yeah Um, But you're pretty like Gauged in with stuff That I'm not too familiar with So that's why I thought You'd be good to come on So Welcome Firstly Thank you Stoked Uh, to be here (laughs) (laughs) Thank you Um, So yeah um, At the moment uh, You've done a few live reviews Of different bands But what's kind of if, If people were to You know Walk away from this podcast Checking out one band Where would you tell them To start off with
2: Oh gosh Um Young Robin, are Young a band Robin. that I yeah. always, always promote because yeah. I love them. have
1: <laughs> yeah, seen them at the Ard- yeah. We saw them at the Aardvark.
0: Yeah, that was the they played the uh, the the launch party for the Aardvark, I believe. That's yeah, that's I saw it. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That was a good gig, that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. good bunch of kids. Really, really um, good live band.
1: Well, one of the guys plays in Yomi Ship. I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, Jared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're great. That kid's really a legend.
2: Like. Yeah. He, yeah. Very. He's something very special. Talented. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yomi Ship are going to be kind of like the next kind of perth band that gets a really good amount of attention i think so sure. i
0: believe that is also the case uh, they've, they're already getting really good turnout their live shows well um, i was
1: stoked for them because they got that um support position with carnival
2: yeah yeah I want to see that
1: yeah was that good oh my god it was i've phenomenal. seen carnival before but i didn't get get to that was that at the rosemount
2: yeah that's actually the most viewed video on my channel because i've logged that
3: Oh, I put right. up, like a
2: clickbaity title. It was like a Birds of Tokyo fan goes to a Carnival gig. <laughs> There's just like a lot See, of. See, that's I would click that. That's the thing. That's. <laughs> There's just a lot of like forty-year-old men in the comments being like, how, how, "Why are you Birds of Tokyo fan? Like Carnival's so much better. Yeah. You know nothing about music." <laughs> yeah,
1: because I, I actually had more mates into Birds of Tokyo at school than Carnival. But the mates that were into Carnival were much more hardcore about it. But I yeah. knew more people who really were big into Birds of Tokyo, yeah. obviously because they got that pop appeal.
0: Carnival has some really hardcore fans. I've come to, come to yeah, like one of those bands that have a super hardcore following.
1: Well, one of my best friends, Matt Clark, shout out to him. He uh, he, his PlayStation user ID is something like Vooligan, and so I grew up. <laughs> Like he was one of my best mates mm. in high school, and uh, he was mad about Carnival to the point of resentment where I would resent <laughs> it, and I was fanatic about AC/DC, and he would resent AC/DC. And now we both actually <laughs> like the other band. Yeah. Um, but
0: uh,
1: yeah, yeah. People who are into Carnival get really into Carnival. Absolutely. Actually, I had a pretty funny story when uh, we went to Carnival last time they played at Badlands. We rocked up. And I remember saying to Matt, because I played, I think, three nights. And um, I said to him a couple of days before, and I was like, no, it's definitely the Sunday show, right? And he was like, yep, yeah, it's absolutely the Sunday show. And I was like, I just had this feeling. I was like, he's bought tickets to the fucking Saturday show, and I know it. And uh, and I was like, absolutely. And he was like, yep, yep, it's definitely the Sunday show. We rock up, we hand the tickets over. And the girls like, oh uh yeah these are tickets to last night's show i'm all like oh shit and so i turned I, I, I turned to him and i was like man what and he he was like oh man i, I swear and I was like oh and i turned to the to the lady that was helping us out and i was like oh look if you scan it you'll see they you just didn't get redeemed last night and you still got tickets for night. can you just get us in and she was like no nah, i can't unfortunately Drew Goddard from Carnival was standing next to the desk, and he laughed at us. He's like, he he turned and he shouted to someone, and he's like, "Oi, these boys bought tickets to the wrong night!" And like, it was cracking up, laughing, and he, then he walked off, and we we're just like, "Oh man, even the band <laughs> just
0: laughed at us. and walked away."
1: And then he came back and uh, uh, said something to the girl, and the girl mm-hmm. was like, "All oh, right, and they put you on the tour rider, right? so, um, uh, so so yeah, you're, it's all good now."
0: Good and guy Carnival. Like, oh,
1: so we never got to thank him for that. We well, we gotta like kind of give yeah. a wave to him because yeah. he went off into the distance. But if you're listening, Drew Goddard, thank you for that. That was very kind <laughs> of you. Um, That's awesome. I'm willing to take that 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 laugh at our expense. Yeah. Give you that laugh at our expense. Worth it. Yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> worth it. It was a good night, that one.
0: So other than other than that video that you mentioned, um, for somebody who is checking out the podcast and might want to go and, um, check out your channel. What would you say? Um, you know, what was the best description you could give of what it is that you do? What kind of things do you like to cover other than the Perth music scene? Or do you t- tend to focus on that mostly?
2: Um, it's probably like 70% Perth music. And then I do like all sorts of other stuff. I did a 25 minute deconstruction of Hozier's new album. Um, i review other things. I got a band from the UK email me saying, can you review a new single? So I did that. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, all sorts talking about. Oh, I do music history as well. Yeah. Um, little oh, that's cool. Videos on that, mainly English music. So like
1: video essay kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a cool um, channel as well. Not to derail it off the channel, <laughs> but uh, have you heard of Middle Eight?
2: It rings a bell.
1: Yeah. He. he hasn't released many but the ones he does are really really good like very well researched and he got my attention like pretty much the moment he uploaded his first one because he did one on king gizzard's history and then he did one on mgmt but he did if there's one um, that you guys should check out is the um, backstory to umo's multi-love well i think it's the whole history but it focuses mostly on Mm. multi-love it's a fascinating story because are you familiar with umo
2: no Right.
1: so unknown mortal orchestra
2: oh yeah yes
1: sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> i realized i probably said that really quickly and then it just sounded like a, a blur of a word um but their album multi-love um great album i was into it for years and i had no idea on the backstory but it actually turned out that he entered a polyamorous relationship when he met someone in australia actually and that she ended up coming back to the u.s with him to his house and he introduced her into the relationship and his wife and her got along really, really well romantically and it became this polyamorous relationship and she ended up having to leave because of visa issues and he wrote that album about the experience of having that happen and he had just had a kid as well and so it was this like weird kind of situation where you've just had a child you know, dedicated to this person and then another person comes along and it's this really kind of whack situation and then he wrote 100%. an album about it and then I, with that um reco- with that context mm. listen to the album and it took on a completely different meaning and some of the lyrics like little moments of lyrics you're like oh wow i kind of get what he's talking about now you you interpret it one way but knowing that
0: mm. we've talked about that before about how um how you learn the backgrounds the background story behind an album and it and it recontextualizes the whole thing. Yeah, and you can enjoy it on a completely different level. Has that? Ever, have you ever had that experience?
2: Um, can't think of one that comes to mind. Um,
1: sorry, would put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. it's a bit, a bit of a, like, Ten a bit timer. of an, a, a niche question. It really. is, but um, yeah,
0: but no, that's uh, I I'll, I to be honest with you, I haven't really checked out much unknown Motorola like, history beyond. What you? I think you brought in a record. of theirs last records today it and played some.
1: Yeah, Sex and Food. That's a yeah. really good album. Yeah, I, I enjoyed when that. It came out. I was like, all right, this is pretty good. But I think it actually might be my favorite one now. Mm. I really like it.
0: Yeah, I wasn't too. I wasn't like I was aware of them before that, but hadn't. I didn't really know what they would what type of music they were. or I just knew that they it's had kind of like following.
1: Dream Poppy it. meets Jimi Hendrix meets. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an old album. It's very bedroom kind of produce Mm. vibes yeah yeah because he's a bit of an insomniac and so a lot of the songs he wrote when he'd be like up at 4 a.m and stuff and couldn't sleep so
0: yeah it makes sense
1: bedroom depression pop yeah is uh probably a label (laughs) you could throw on it because a lot of it gets really uh really dark (laughs) at times
0: Yeah. So, where was it? What's what? Would that be the best starting point then? The one you're. Um, Where's your starting point for them? For and also for people who are listening who haven't heard them.
1: I think Sex and Food probably is the best one to start with. Yeah, I
0: enjoyed it. Go listen to that, everybody.
1: Yeah, it's got it. Kind of touches on everything, and then the earlier albums are much more lo-fi, because I I think lo-fi got old pretty quick between like 2012 to 2017 I think was when lo-fi kind of really had its peak and now people have just like kind of taken elements from it Mm. and it's still going back to producing with you know
0: do you think that correlated with uh with currents being released because that move that no that movie
1: (laughs) no I'd say it's Mac DeMarco's fault
0: you reckon yeah because I think because he he
1: he by no means invented lo-fi. No, of course not. But he definitely popularized it to many who may have never touched upon it otherwise.
0: Even his last album, not not the most recent one, Here Comes the Cowboy, but the one prior he's to sold, that. Oh yeah, he's dropped super it. Super lo-fi. He was,
1: he was the kind of one to popularize it and he was smart enough to drop it when he needed to. So
0: Here Comes the Cowboy He's not lo-fi whatsoever?
1: I would not consider it, no. He's definitely got that. like overdrives on his... Pedals and all that to kind yeah. of like give it that crunch, yeah. so to speak. Even though he's like playing pretty mellow, mm. but
0: makes me all the more interested to hear it now because I'm so used to.
1: It's like thirty minute. It's a thirty minute album. You could listen to it on the drive home. So
0: yeah, can oh. the Proton handle that? Proton uh, is pretty. It's pretty low fi car actually. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't Good have. Vibe. Yeah, it's got. It's it's got a CD player, but it doesn't work properly. It eats CDs.
1: What, uh, what kind of albums are your commute albums?
2: Um, the, so Is many it, different things. Yeah. Um, I listen to a lot of soul music. Yeah. So that's usually what I'm listening to, or British rock. Yeah. Like all the quintessential bands. Yeah.
0: Um, who would you so consider like, the quintessential bands? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh the Jam, the, same
2: thing. the Who, ah, um, yeah. the Clash. Rolling Stones, just all of those. I'm really into mod music. Yeah. Mm Because my dad was a massive mod. Still is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So all all the bands that when you go record digging, they have their own card for it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Beyond just the 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 letter. You know, you got the Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, um, the Who and all that.
0: Yeah, Pink Floyd were um there were a strange mix of like mod and psychedelia in the early days definitely um the more i
1: explore music the more i appreciate pink floyd
0: Mm. yeah the the um the sid barrett era is is definitely like a bit of a hard pill to swallow initially but having said that um piper at the gates of door on their debut has like some pretty heavy moments on it and some pretty accessible moments as well um like interstellar overdrive is probably a good example of that yep um and then they've just got some really weird, cheesy kind of whimsical moments as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out like the Sid Barrett era stuff, I'm sure most people listening probably have, but if you haven't, yeah, take some time to check it out and start with the first one, start with Piper at the Gates of Dawn.
1: Your YouTube channel. Um, you mentioned that uh, you do like music history and, yep. and breakdowns. What's, because I've I've watched a few of your videos but mostly the stuff on the local bands. Yeah. What are some like the music history ones that you've done?
2: I've only done two yeah. so far. I'm planning on doing other ones. Um I did one on the Northern Soul movement which is yeah. like something I'm obsessed with.
1: Actually I did see a bit of that one.
2: Yeah. Um and on the rock against racism movement in yep. the 70s in England.
1: Yeah. 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 Tell us about that.
2: Um basically it um it started because Eric Clapton went on a bit of a weird racist rant once, a oh, yeah. show while he was really drunk. It's surprising a lot of people don't know about this. I've not about heard it. about this. No, I know. And I've
1: done a few Wikipedia deep dives on yeah. Eric Clapton. So By all
0: accounts, Clapton it, is a bit of a douchebag.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he stole George Harrison's wife. Um, yeah. And it was kind of, George Harrison was dignified enough to not. Be tied up and it was very gracious I <laughs> didn't get emotional
0: yeah so, good but, guy Harrison
1: yeah what was this rant that he
2: um he, he got really drunk on stage and um he started talking about because Enoch Powell was trying to get into power in England and he did that big speech about um keeping England white um and yeah he basically said like we need to get all the black people out we need to yeah. keep England white and people just not having it because I mean all of his music is black influenced yeah um and so there was uh i always forget their names but there was two people and they wrote into enemy magazine yep um to say like what the hell are you going on about because like you wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for black music um and they organized this massive march from what was it from trafalgar square into uh forget the name of the town but it was like the hub of like the working class people in London that were trying to keep England white. Um, and the Clash were involved and like a load of reggae bands. And it was just like white musicians and black musicians getting together to say, like, yeah. just make a stance. Um, and that really rocked a lot of things. Um, and then they just, they, it started a like sort of program, like uh, they would have each month, um, one white band that would support a black reggae band. So it was like punk rockers supporting reggae and ska and that. Um, yeah, that happened like all around, just concerts everywhere.
1: And is that how kind of like, cause punk and ska have a kind of mm. very closely two-tone. linked mm. kind of relationship. Yes, is that yeah. how, how that kind of- Yeah, pretty co- much. Cohesive yeah, relationship that's how Two
2: Tone was formed. I watched yeah. a documentary, oh, actually. Oh, that's, that's what that's called, Two-Toned? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so bands like... Um,
0: madness. Oh, so. Sub, yeah, yeah. The Sublime? Specials. Yeah. The
2: Specials, yeah. Would
1: Sublime be considered?
0: Uh, well, that, that came later. That was like the second wave of Scar. Um, that was American Scar. Right. Um, yeah. First wave of Scar is like um, the beat, the Specials, um, you know, the, the Madness, yeah. those kind of bands. And yeah, pretty much exactly what you were saying was it was in the documentary that I that I was watching recently, which pretty much yeah, pretty much explained that people were sick of sick and tired of racism and and um because
1: what about bands like Bad Brains for example Cause Bad Brains one that are like um reggae right
0: still still not yeah definitely but still came after after all this this right. took place of course, in the, yeah because they're nineties yeah um, this sorry, took place I forgot in this was in the seventies yeah, yeah it took place in the seventies but yeah it, like like you were saying it all it all started because they were putting reggae bands in the same bills as as punk bands and they and and naturally when you put two different types of music together on the same stage obviously people are going to start jamming with each other and recording and that's yeah like that's the story of the origin the origins of scar yeah yeah there you go yeah (laughs) yeah i'll
1: have to to watch that so that's is that one your more recent video is that one
2: um not too recent yeah probably i think i maybe did it in january or february Yeah. Cool.
1: And so um, I guess now might be a good time to plug your channel. So where do people go if they want to watch that?
2: Um, It's just Honor Luca on YouTube. Um,
1: So is that spelled H-O-N-O-R-L-U-C-A? Yes.
2: Yeah. American spelling with Honor and Luca. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Perfect. And that's just your channel name and they'll find that on there. Yeah. Yeah. You can go
2: through my Instagram. It's the same. Yeah. I post more on Instagram like every day about music. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I saw it on the weekend. You saw Catfish and the Bottlemen. Yes. How was that? That's another band oh. I don't know too much about. When I worked at JB Hi-Fi, I watched their CDs fly off the shelves and yeah. I was meant to give it a listen once I got home, but that never happened. So, yeah. Well, describe them. Are they – because they um, kind of sit in that alt indie rock kind yeah, of category. Very, rock. like,
2: stereotypical British indie rock. Yeah. Um,
1: so fans yeah. of, like, the Kooks. and
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, they're, like, heavier than the Kooks. But um yeah, still got that British sound.
1: Yeah. yeah. And uh where was that gig was that?
2: Um HBF I yeah. don't know if it's stadium it's a or arena. Big,
1: venue that's a stadium. big venue.
2: Yeah, yeah. Packed it out? Uh pretty much. Yeah. We struggled Jeez. to get very close. Wow. That's
1: where red hot chili peppers played. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, most recently. Well, I yeah. greatly underappreciated how many people listened to them.
2: Oh, yeah. They're mass, especially in England. Like, mm.
1: Glastonbury, and yeah, I was about to say huge. that. There's a lot of English people who live in WA, so yeah, I can imagine Yeah, we're everywhere. That. Yeah.
0: I saw a headline yeah. that even claimed that they've, uh, I didn't read the article, but um, that they've, like, changed the face of indie music and, you know. Yeah, wow. So, they must be making some I need, a, I need some to waves. actually
1: give them a listen then.
0: Mm, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I haven't, haven't heard. I think, actually, no, I may have heard a single of theirs. I feel ago. like
1: they're one of those artists that you kind of you eventually get around to listening like, oh, that's these guys. Probably already, yeah. yeah. Probably already heard yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So who, who was who was who was in support? Any support?
2: Uh Firebird. I'm not sure where they're from, but not right. a Perth they're, band. No, they are Aussie, but they from over the, east, Yeah. Yeah,
0: touring support. Yeah, right. And were they good?
2: Yeah, they were pretty good. We missed the first half because our Uber was late, but yeah.
1: <laughs> classic Uber.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's not like an Uber's ever late. yeah Yeah. um actually back to going back to Eric Clapton quickly um there's a funny story about (laughs) (laughs) about another Clapton is a dick story (laughs) um (laughs) he so back when not many people knew who Jimi Hendrix was um I think I know this story yeah Yeah, it's probably a well-known story actually um so Clapton was playing a show and I don't know whether it was with the Yardbird at the time or whether it was Cream or maybe it was just a solo show, maybe he had a band together he was gigging with. But Clapton was uh, doing his thing on stage, you know, being being Clapton, playing his guitar. <laughs> and um, he invited a young Jimi Hendrix up on stage to play. Either he invited him up or one of his band members invited him up. And not too many people knew who Hendrix was at the time. They didn't know that, uh, you know, the guy had some chops on the guitar. He
1: also knew how to do the guitar.
0: Yeah, he also he also knew how to do the guitar. That's right. So yeah. he comes up on stage, <laughs> um, and basically just blows Clapton out of the water. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Jimi Hendrix is doing Jimi Hendrix things, and Clapton just drops his guitar in the middle of the set, walks off the stage, and like just lights a cigarette. And he's like shaking in anger. He's <laughs> like, like having to drag his cigarette. He's like so mad and uh yeah stage manager walked up to him and he's like dude what's wrong like why'd you walk off stage and he's like well I didn't know he was gonna be that fucking good like (laughs) he's just he's just ruined my career so yeah another uh another story about how Clapton is potentially just like a really all-round dodgy dickhead yeah but uh not surprising that hendrick showed him up i mean it's pretty yeah. much
1: i feel like that was inevitable whether it was on <laughs> up stage or not it was gonna happen yeah, eventually those comparisons and yeah that combat was gonna he
0: fluctuate. learned he learned it in the in probably the worst possible way but maybe if he was a, a you know humbler human being he wouldn't have he wouldn't have been shaking in anger ch- chuffing on his cigarette yeah <laughs> he might have just uh hung around and you know admired some jimmy but Lost, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Actually, uh, another interesting story that I already knew about, but I watched the movie on the weekend is uh, Lords of Chaos. Have you heard about this, Honor? No. Do you know who Mayhem
2: are? Uh, uh, yep. Yeah. I don't know why they're coming up from mum. They're but... like
1: the iconic Norwegian black metal band.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah.
1: And like they kind of have a legacy in their own right and draw interest from people, even if they're not into black metal because of their story. But Liam, you definitely would know mayhem.
0: A hundred percent. I've seen them live. It was a fascinating show.
1: Yeah. I, I bet. So, uh, yeah, there's a great film that's come out. It's on Amazon prime video now. Um, and it's called Lords of chaos and it stars Rory Culkin, who's Macaulay Culkin's brother. Um, but no the shit. movie is, the movie is really good. And the guy who directed it, he directed a bunch of music videos for like Taylor Swift and, um, I think a couple for you too. Might be mistaken, recently. but
0: I heard he was in a metal band once upon a time as well. Probably
1: you go to his. I checked out the director's website after, and it's all metal themed. Like yeah. even though it's got very little to do with metal, he's, he's not from Norway, is for he? His web design
0: is he Europe? Is he from Norway?
1: I think he's got a very Norwegian name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I,
0: I, yeah. So I, th- I think he may. He's have got an
1: accent on one, above one of the letters, so I think
0: so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he may <laughs> have been in a black metal like band. That. That's what I heard. But yeah,
1: yeah. um, but. Uh, yeah so you've heard the name Mayhem then yeah yeah so the story goes that so Black you know uh, do you know much about metal at all do you get much into metal
2: not really yeah. um, I'm
1: Unchained sort of poetry. trying to dip
2: my toes into heavier stuff yeah, yeah yeah
1: so you got bands like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest from you know the new wave of British heavy metal and all that Um, that was kind of like late 70s early 80s and then in the 90s the kind of counter to that was that um you had bands like death um who've, who started death metal i'm pretty yeah. sure that's why it's called it, death metal it,
0: it, yeah I uh, argue the, uh, death metal came from one of two places arguably it was either possessed uh, oh, okay which were like a uh they were like a cross uh, i guess they were a thrash metal band but they sort of crossed that crossed over into much heavier territory than any other thrash band before them and um their guitarists oddly enough um Larry Lalonde, he's actually Primus's guitarist. So he, originally, he, yeah, he originally played in Possessed. Um,
1: oh, that's all right. So there's i I've watched that guy on YouTube before. Yeah. Perform, and I was like, yeah, damn, this guy's,
0: He's he got was, some chops, and he's yeah, yeah. he sh- he shreds wow, a lot. That, yeah, that blew my mind. Just so. There. yeah, he played in Possessed. Um, and uh, and the other place, and you know, that, there's other bands I'm sure in other parts of the world that were doing similar things, but these are the most recognized two bands that that started Death Metal. The other one. Is death um so that's where i thought
1: i'd read that the name death metal had come from death because they're not the one the point i was getting to to um with death metal is that people get the two mixed up and they think black metal is just kind of really heavy and then death metal is the really well, the scary fucked up one yeah black metal is
0: right? yeah well death is
1: it, death metal is all about just technique and
0: i think death metal was just about taking what people were doing in thrash metal and mutating that and making the themes a lot um more about like you know blood and gore and misanthropy and sadness and sorrow and you know like just taking what thrash metal were doing slowing it down making it a little bit more brutal and right uh or speeding it up depends on what type of like it it went in so many different directions whereas black metal um kind of really well black metal arguably evolved from like um bands like uh Venom yeah um well, and and Motörhead as well yeah were well, a big influence on on black metal
1: yeah well the movie kind of touches upon that as well and the way they painted it out to be is that Euronymous who was the singer of sorry no he, he was, was the, the guitarist, guitarist yeah um, of uh Mayhem started the scene and he had a record shop in Norway and
0: the scene basically centered around that record shop.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, they would all hang out there. But what happened was Mayhem started up. They were, you know, late teenagers. Uh, this guy, um, I forget his name, but his stage name was Dead. He joined the band um, and uh, kind of black metal kind of was priding itself on being edgy you know they were the original 90s edge lords basically and they would this culture kind of manifested where they would try and outdo each other um in terms of like the most hectic stuff hectic evil things they could do
0: and not just in their music well yeah outside of the music
1: so it was kind of kept in the music for a while and somewhat contained and then it started bleeding out and so the singer dead they were all living in a house together um from what i understand and they uh one day, Euronymous came home, and he got along pretty well with Dead, but in a very kind of weird way that would kind of challenge each other somewhat. And uh, he came home one day, and Dead had actually um, killed himself with a shotgun to the head. And instead of calling the police, Euronymous decided to go to the servo and buy a disposable camera and took a photo of it, and it's now one of the official bootleg album covers. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's 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 brutal. Um, don't google it if you're if you're yeah Yeah, that was not
0: safe for life that photo yeah it's pretty
1: it's pretty dark but it's very like shitty camera so it's kind of it's it's not too vivid but it's it's you know it's there you can see it stomach dropping enough for it to kind of be very were you gonna
0: mention what he did next
1: yeah so um well at the scene (laughs) at the scene yeah so there is a rumor but I don't think it's true from what I read because I, I got into like the history of black metal years and years ago um and this this movie kind of re- reminded me of it all mm. but there is a rumor that he made a stew out of the brains but
0: uh no I wasn't gonna say that the,
1: the other one is true yeah um where he the, the brains one I think was a uh I don't think that's true kind of like yeah
0: I think that was just amped, uh, uh, it up yeah that was that was just hype.
1: Yeah, because it did seem like, well, it did seem like at the time and it did seem like at, in the film the way they portray it is that that genuinely got to him. Mm. Um, and uh, But what he did do is he got pieces of his skull and made necklaces out of it and would, he gave it to all the band members and he also would give it to people he would deem worthy enough <laughs> to possess this. And one of the people that he did give one to was a guy by the name of Varg Vakerns who recorded uh, under the project Bursum. And the film mo- mo- mostly goes into that territory of their, mm. their two, uh, those two, um, Varg Vakerns and Euronymous, mm. their relationship. Because Varg played in another band, I forget the name. In the movie, they make him out to be like this absolute weird dweeb um, that just is trying to like fit in kind of thing. But... It doesn't really do a do the true story service in that way. Like he was kind of a little bit better respected amongst his peers. He was,
0: and he was well. A part of what I I hear as well is he wrote he wrote the better riffs for Mayhem, and he was he was kind of the driving force behind their sound at the time. Yeah, uh, in terms of what they were doing on the guitar.
1: Yeah, um, and they that that culture of outdoing each other bled into Varg and Euronymous's. Uh, relationship and they were the ones that were responsible for all the church burnings in Norway in the nineties. So they were very, they were of the mind that people should, you know, live by evil and Satan's values. And
0: they were living know. and breathing out to, to, yeah. a, to a Yeah. They weren't just writing these lyrics and putting them in their music. They were, they were living them out.
1: Yeah. It was very, it's very dark history and they burnt down these churches and then one of their friends um, murdered a guy and to outdo outdo each other and then it got to the point where their relationship became so toxic that Euronymous moved away shut down the record store did he shut it down? it's kind of what they imply in the movie but uh, uh, I don't know that much of it. look
0: a, yeah that I haven't seen the movie um
1: he just kind of like goes my m- in
0: yeah part. what I know of the story is different um
1: you'd know it better than I do
0: oh uh, look I could be wrong um but I heard that this store was still open oh, when okay. Euronymous was someone. murdered. So, basically,
1: Varg ended up murdering Euronymous. With a uh, knife. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. But as dark as that story is, it makes for an interesting film. I realise now, explaining that, that was a pretty pretty bummer story. Oh, there's, no, up, but there's, there's no good way to tell nevertheless. it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it just goes to show you how, you know when people go when people's values and views can go unchecked mm. how far they can go and how dark it can get and how off the rails people can yeah, go yeah, because they are just trying to outdo each other and it's a really it's a sad story because you think about these 18, 19 year old kids when they mm. were first starting off and they're just they're just being edgy and then it yeah. kind of it grows and it.
0: and you think about yourself at that age as well like I'm sure a lot of people did, did stupid things and re- were involved yeah. in uh, toxic friendships when they were of right. around that age. And it's it's crazy and sad that um, I suppose as well, it's probably a lot to do with the isolation of where they were. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing keeping that in check. It just kept snowballing and snowballing and snowballing and became more and more sinister until eventually like three people would, two people were dead. Yeah. Uh, and one was in prison. Yeah. But um, I did hear as well that um, Dead chose that name for himself because he had always planned to kill himself and the band members knew that. I think they were yeah. just waiting for him to do it
1: yeah he was very obsessed with death. he was
0: super yeah like super obsessed with death and i think in the that, movie
1: they, they there's a few scenes where he's got like a dead like cat or something or a dead rat in a bag yeah half the bag before he would go on stage yeah he Jesus. was uh yeah. like,
0: like yeah, and like self mutilation <laughs> and hardcore story yeah just yeah like just i mean they were shitty human beings really
1: but oh, they're terrible yeah they yeah.
0: they made some just it's just super aggressive music uh, what black metal did was take the aggression of death metal ramp it up to like 11 yeah. and then add like satanic and dark themed lyrics add like a satanic sort of and you know black sort of creepy forest sort of uh, you know visual aesthetic to it and yeah. um kind of took the focus away from the technicality of the music and moved it more towards the atmosphere. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good way of describing it. Yeah. It's much more about atmosphere and creating a mood and creating a feeling, um, than death metal is. I think death metal is just more about, yeah, about more about proficiency, the proficiency. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. It, depending on what I guess, what, yeah. Like I have a very limited Oh, experience. look, yeah, definitely there are parts of death metal that are that are about te- the technical proficiency and it's def- you definitely have Chuck to... Chuck
1: Schuldinger, is that how you pronounce Chuck it? Chuck Schuldner, yeah. Schuldner, he was an incredible
0: guitarist. Oh, 100%, 100%. But I guess, yeah, he probably would have been responsible for a lot of um, death metal moving in that direction as well because yeah. he kind of, you know, in a sense, he kind of pioneered Tech Death. Um, but I think... Yeah, Death Metal was just more about, like, who could write the most brutal crushing riffs and yeah, um, and a lot of that did involve technicality. Um, but it wasn't, like, the focus. Um, yeah.
1: The thing that I find interesting, that, though, about it is in the film they paint Varg out to be a Nazi but he never once, actually, from what I've read, I don't know, there could be things that combat this, that he never actually celebrated Nazism. It was kind of used no, in a poetic license I, kind of way to kind of paint him out like an idiot he's a
0: nationalist yeah i think he's he's got more in well look i i don't know whether he's a nazi or not to be honest with you but he's got he seems to have a lot in common with that um that guy who went on a, a killing spree in norway like he, he has nationalist nationalist yeah. views and he's and he's a sociopath and a, and a psychopath he's so he's a dangerous he's... combination of like yeah he's dangerous dangerous ideology and he's just outright like a dangerous human being he escaped from prison during his i don't know if you know during i didn't his, know about the escape from prison thing yeah because
1: he, he, he's out now like, he's out legally yeah out.
0: He was re- he's been released yeah but while while he was serving his term um yeah he he escaped from prison um he Which looks is like pretty. The biggest
1: hipster now as well. Yeah, he's like wearing like pastel kind of things. He's got like a well crafted beer. You would expect to see him at a craft brewery. Mm, yeah, um, he's not
0: on YouTube anymore. He's, they 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 he's, they, he, they banned his account. Yeah, that's right. Because he used to just enough. He, yeah, he just spews random crap. He's like the like the alex jones of norway basically in terms of like the yeah. sort of random stuff that comes yeah. out of his mouth <laughs> he's just a fucking crackpot yeah like that's um, and,
1: but that's why his channel is getting views because you yeah. watch it because yeah 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 and also because like, people, like yeah. I, people like burzim
0: yeah people like burzim burzim is that's fantastic the
1: problem though like i listened to i went back and listened to mayhem a bit um the other night after i watched it and i was like yeah i can see why i I, I can see why i quickly forgot about these bands like Mm. i just couldn't get into it it's it's not
0: accessible music
1: but burzum the problem with burzum is it's pretty good it's fucking great brilliant and he
0: was a one-man band so he he did the vocals he did the guitar the the bass
1: prison he wrote
0: that's right yeah so eventually so he made he recorded like two or three albums maybe four um and then the prison Time began, and he was so only allowed. No, nah, couldn't have guitars, have couldn't have a drum, couldn't have a drum set, couldn't have anything, but he had like a, a keyboard, and it was like a, it was like a, it was an analog synth hybrid, I think. Yeah. And, um, all he had was what was built within that keyboard. So, you know, I don't know, drum machines, effects, whatever was in it. That's all he had. And he made two albums, um, that that are kind of just like creepy, ambient music made on these like nineteen seventies era, yeah, keyboards. It's
1: when when you think when you listen to it and you think about how limited in resources he was, you realize how crafty he was mm. um, with production and yeah, because it sounds pretty complete. It doesn't f- feel like there's shortcomings in it.
0: No, it doesn't. Yeah. It sounds it sounds like what it should sound like. Um if that makes any sense, I guess. It doesn't sound like it's lacking anything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's the thing that's like it kind of goes into that that territory of where we're at with and not to turn things political, but you know spe- especially with the Michael Jackson thing or this second wave of Michael Jackson kind of concern mm. and that kind of debate of where, you know, where, do, where does it go? What line does it cross? Where we can't celebrate an artist anymore? Where because do you separate Barg art Kerns and is very like you know he they, he does have somewhat of an argument in a self yeah. defense kind of way because Euronymous yeah. was fucking mental as well. Yeah, um, and to his credit, from my understanding, he's not murdered anyone
0: since. No, uh, he hasn't. He, I think he bra- he has bragged about murdering Euronymous uh, though yeah like on his youtube channel or oh, wherever okay, else right, yeah. So he's pretty, yeah he's probably pretty he's pretty probably there. a bit pleased with himself about it <laughs> yeah yeah but uh he does he does still claim to this day that it was in self-defense and who who knows honestly yeah who knows yeah I'm sure but yeah you make a good given point. enough
1: time they would have murdered each other yeah, yeah.
0: probably yeah but uh, no, you make a good point. Like, where do you draw? Where do you draw the line? Yeah. Uh, between you know, can you can you separate like a person's art from the person themselves? And because I
1: could listen to it and you know technically admire it, but I couldn't sit there and you know connect with it. Obviously, because it's a sociopath who's mm-hmm. written that music. The same way Charles Manson was actually a very talented guy, but
0: he was a he was a pretty he had a very like. Stream of consciousness kind of like style of songwriting, Charles Manson.
1: Have you listened to any of Charlie Manson's?
2: I haven't, songs? no, but my dad keeps telling me to. <laughs> yeah,
1: oh, look, it's there's a interesting. Great, there's a great uh, Brian Jones, Town having have an EP covering his songs.
0: Mm, um, Arkansas, I think the song is.
1: I thought there was a few that it they done.
0: Uh, well, I'm I'm not. If that's the case, I'm not aware. But he yeah. they did put uh, a cover of I believe it's called Arkansas by Charles Manson on one of their EPs yeah Um. It, yeah but if there's another one with, yeah. with, with more so covers it's, one
1: where it's like there's in a car looking out
0: yeah that's you. the one I yeah the just whole EP was no just the one it's song just the one song I yeah had. yeah fantastic cover though to uh, to join the sound massacres credit they probably flesh that one out a little bit for <laughs> for for Charlie because yeah as I was saying his his songs are um you can kind of tell they've been written by a madman, if you yeah. know what I mean. The lyrics are, <laughs> the lyrics are fucking way off kilter. Um, some are quite clever, but just the way he pieces a song together, he doesn't have much of a very like a um, verse-chorus-verse kind of style of songwriting. He, he kind of it just sounds like he's he's strumming a guitar and just kind of re- reciting his poetry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he had a good voice. He's he's a bit of a crooner, old Charlie Manson.
1: Yeah, he's. Uh...
0: But yeah, look at your game, girl. That's <laughs> if you want an example of um how, how decent he was at singing and playing guitar. That's that's a good place to start. But yeah, once again, goes to show you that um, people with less than reputable you know pasts, I guess, are uh, still capable of producing beautiful art.
1: Yeah. Well, I I guess. Th- like another thing with art as well as it's you know you got when when you listen to music you're you're venturing into the perspective of another world you know the way you interpret it is going to be completely different mm. person person but yeah you know the most compelling kind of art or intriguing art is going to be made by people who have very different perspectives um, of the world to you sometimes they're perfectly innocent perspective someone like Daniel Johnson yeah Where like hi how are you where it's like he's got this childlike innocence about him but it's this brilliantly music and it's very sweet like the 7-Up
0: song have you heard that one no
1: do you know about Daniel Johnson (laughs) no (laughs) Kurt Cobain was a huge fan yeah my girlfriend got me onto Daniel Johnson
0: oh man such a sad story Uh, there's a really good documentary on YouTube about him if you you should check it out I just I think if you just Google uh, or, or YouTube Daniel Johnson uh, documentary. It'd be one of the first ones that comes up. But yeah, poor guy was pretty much just, um, you know, I
1: think he's still alive. and so oh, He's easy. still
0: alive. Yeah. But he was he was dogged by like mental illness and like severe mental illness, like schizophrenia paired with like, um, like really, really severe. Um, it's like a condition where you like have highs and lows, extreme highs bipolar. and lows, bipolar. Um, and yeah, he, he was institutionalized at a, f- fairly young age, I think. Yeah. Um, but he just had this knack for producing like beautiful music. It was kind of like his therapy, I guess. Um, but he, he wrote a song while it was institutionalized and I don't know what it's called. It could be called the seven up song. It's about seven up anyway. Oh no, sorry. Not seven up. My mistake. Mountain Dew. He, <laughs> he loved Mountain Dew. There was a, there was a vending machine in the institution that he was in and, and he drank it every day. He probably drank numerous cans Yeah. and he wrote a jingle and sent it to Mountain Dew. And this is on Please YouTube as well. It. It, oh, unfortunately, they couldn't use it because <laughs> it was just like, you know, it was quite Recorded a... on really.
1: It's a clever equipment. little
0: song in that. But then at the end of the recording, he sort of like goes off on this little tangent about how there's like devil voices in his head and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this happy song about how he loves <laughs> Mountain Dew. And then he's Mountain like, and there's devils in my head and shit like that. And like like and then he just he just sent it off to Mountain Dew and they're like um <laughs> yeah unfortunately we're <laughs> gonna we, we have to pass. politely decline <laughs> 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 yeah but uh and he's that's another fascinating story yeah, yeah.
1: he's uh he's a, he's a one of a kind
0: absolutely yeah absolutely one of a kind and um yeah like you just can't I think you have to separate the art from the from the from the person who produced it in yeah, order to enjoy it because other, it. i mean otherwise you, you you might even find yourself looking for reasons not to enjoy art and you can't you know yeah. you can't put yourself in that position you've got to you've got to enjoy everything i think
1: it's like how you just have to be careful how you appreciate it because mm. i can listen to to burzum while acknowledging that the person who created it is a complete sociopath mm. or psychopath whichever way you want to look at it, whether he developed that or was born with it. But I can still admire it for its technical kind of points. Yeah. But there's no way I'm going to sit there and connect with him as a person, you know. No, I think I've that's where some. the concern comes because obviously you don't want to like, you know, create pe- create this like relationship with the art where people are inspired and it starts to define their values. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I suppose yeah. just don't
0: listen to Bursum if you're an impressionable teenager. Wait, exactly. keep it for you, keep it for you, you know, keep it for wait, your wait adult Wait till you're in your 20s. You know, <laughs> yeah, you can, that's it.
1: You can acknowledge that he's a messed <laughs> up individual.
0: Don't buy Bursum for your 15-year-old's um, birthday or, you know, yeah. whatever. It's probably not recommended. Yeah. Are
1: yeah. there any kind of niche artists that, you know, you've, found in your uh, with the fascinating stories that you found when you've been doing your musical history deep dives and
2: um I'm not too like schooled on niche things yeah. um but I mean I'm obsessed with Amy Winehouse and her story yeah yeah, um, yeah it's I've watched fascinating every story. documentary that there is on it yeah love her to bits because yeah She's well, obviously, a,
1: being into Seoul, you know, yeah, yeah, she was yeah. the pinnacle of soul for so many years. Yeah, sure. And it was such a sad way for her to go. And you know, tell and us,
0: she, tell us a bit about um, her background because I'm I know virtually nothing about Amy Winehouse.
1: Yeah, I'm very similar. I know she died of a heroin overdose, and that's about it. I thought
0: she died of uh, like alcohol poisoning.
2: Oh, it. Here we go. It was sort of <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Please do tell. <laughs> um it was sort of a mix of both it the heroin addiction obviously was really bad mm. um but she was in rehab um i i think it was like she went six months without heroin yeah. but then she was still having alcohol and it was just her heart just gave up her body just couldn't uh, deal with so it so anymore just a,
0: cul- like, a culmination it was, of yeah. the just the years of abuse basically yeah so yeah.
2: that's why it's like so tragic because she really was on the road to recovery yeah and then it was just because she'd done so much stuff in the past, her body couldn't handle being yeah, alive right. anymore.
0: And what about her, um, like, her entrance into into music and making music? How did that all come about?
2: Um, she she always, she grew up on jazz singers, mm-hmm. um, like, all the traditional ones. Um, and she just bought a guitar. It was meant for her brother, actually. She bought a guitar for her brother.
1: I heard that, yeah, And then yeah. she
2: didn't want to, she hadn't, I think her brother was, like, away at school or something I don't know but he didn't come home for like a while and by the time it was his birthday or was it Christmas I can't remember but um by the time she was gonna give it to him she'd fallen in love with it too much so she kept it for (laughs) herself and bought him a different thing um and then she just started writing songs and she just had a nag for it yeah
1: yeah so it wasn't like she grew up in a musical family or
2: anything not particularly no her dad was a taxi driver just yeah just just really normal working class yeah yeah Yeah. like proper london family very working class
1: is that where you're from london
2: uh my dad is yeah Yeah. we grew up um just sort of outside in the countryside yeah um but yeah dad's from like east end proper geezer like yeah (laughs) yeah
1: so he he would have a few like musical stories as well oh for sure yeah
2: like him and his whole family. Because
1: I think you had a few mod things on your jacket when you rocked up. Yes. As yeah. well. So, yeah, that's obviously where that yeah. musical taste is kind of being drawn yeah. from. Yeah,
2: a lot of where we're from, there's yeah. a lot of music there. Like my two aunts that are a lot older than my dad went to school with David Bowie.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yep. That's a pretty cool drop. Yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, and just like dad grew up with all the punk bands being his local, local bands down at the pub. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. One of the
1: guys from the Clash lives here now as well.
2: Yes. Is that true? Yeah. He, he's Skybra. He does a lot of the mod events that I go to. He's go. a Northern Soul DJ now.
0: Ah, oh, right. It's well, really, really cool. I wonder, uh wonder if he's ever passed through rhubarb before.
2: Probably. Oh,
0: really? I you know, I'm ashamed to say if he came into rhubarb I probably wouldn't recognise him. Yeah,
1: I think he was on one clash album.
2: Yeah, oh, really? it was the last one. It
1: wasn't it wasn't London <laughs> Calling. Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: My dad has um he works with a guy and he's mates with him. And, like, yeah. he, he always says, oh, when he's talking about him, he's like, oh, just me and Nick from The Clash. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> Dad name, just pulls the piss out of him. He's like, yeah, but it was, like, the <laughs> last year.
0: <laughs> it's a good reason to go and watch, like, live local music as often as possible, though, because just like your dad would have would have done back in the day, knocked off work and headed down the pub to watch a band, and now yeah. he can yeah. say oh, well, that was the Sex Pistols or, like, you know, that was The Clash or that was s- some other legendary band. You know, you just never know who yeah. is gonna, who's going to break it next, you know. Yeah. So, so do you
1: go to a lot of those Northern Soul scene kind of events? Yeah, All
2: right. I haven't recently. But, um, yeah, there's, like, always a Wizard mod festival each year and Northern yeah. Soul nights everywhere, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Northern Soul is fascinating as well because that was another really working class movement. Oh yeah, um, it's like my
2: favorite topic. <laughs>
0: and I, I, I know once again, I know not much about it at all, but so many people come into to rhubarb looking for Northern Soul seven inches, mm. and I know a lot of them are worth like stupendous amounts of money. It's
2: ridiculous.
0: Very collectible. But I uh, saw one
2: single for like twenty grand.
0: Ah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, like um, who was it? So it might have even been you. Was it you who was telling me, or someone was telling me? that they went and bought some records off of a guy and he had uh, like a collection of Northern Soul singles that he had like stowed away. No, this wasn't me. Wasn't you? No, it was someone else I was talking to recently. And um, did go on, yeah. he's like, oh yeah, he pulls out this one single and he's like, yeah, this is like my retirement fund. Like I don't have any like super or anything like that. This is just my. This is my... My time and fun right here one in seven inch single <laughs> yeah don't leave it on the dashboard but uh, yeah like it's, it's so many people are so passionate about Northern Soul you know it would have been a fantastic thing to be a part of when it was all when it was yeah. all taking place it's like um, you know just white kids that grew up on black music and decided to to make their own version of it and, yeah yeah oh, fascinating cool. though
1: I had someone come in the other day, and they were telling me a story about their mate who was from the US, and he bought a used Harley Davidson and uh, for like cheap as, and was restoring it. And then when he pulled up the seat, the underside was signed by Elvis Presley, and he ended up selling the the bike for a
0: ridiculous yeah. amount of money. Was it like a so, like so? It must have been. He got it like, like properly bike. checked
1: and everything. Yeah, it was a very old bike. Yeah, he was like into vintage Harley Davidsons.
0: Mm must be so difficult to authenticate a signature like that. Right. Without, you know, because how do you... how do you... you
1: don't. You'd have to get someone who, like, specifically knows Elvis. Yeah. And yeah. would be, like, an Elvis collector, which I'm sure there are plenty out there. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. Um, and they would, uh, you yeah, know, be able to verify.
0: I've had a few interesting signed things come through the shop. But the problem with that is... There's how do you like it? Like I said, you can't authenticate that. Yeah. You know, so who knows? Who knows what those things are
2: worth?
1: So where where are, where do they usually hold um, some of the Northern Soul um, events?
2: There's one at uh, the Irish. Oh my god, what is it called? I don't know if it's a club or the Irish pub or something in Subi. Yeah. Um, they do that. I think it's the last sunday of each not saturday of each month um and each year there's a mod festival at claremont showgrounds yeah um they have northern soul I've djs one pop mm. up before yeah. yeah that'd be cool yeah to go that's too. really cool um and there's a new soul club actually up because i'm past june up yep. um up uh i think it's I think it's the Curranby Bistro. I don't know. They're they're doing it. Oh right, got that's a new the area club. I grew up in. I grew up in oh.
1: like Kinross, so
2: oh, so I'm in mean, iluka So there you go, right across the road.
1: Yeah,
0: cool. and that's a new venue, is it? And, and they just put Soul Nights on there. And soul oh, the venue's stuff, always or? been
2: there, but um, there's a new like club starting up. Like you can uh, membership. Okay, so they, to a yeah, Soul Club. Yeah, they I think Nights they do on. Motown and stuff as well. And so
1: that's, that's cool. Located in the northern suburbs now.
2: Yeah, because we're, cool. we're all, like, English up there. The, yeah, <laughs> Mindari, I, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I worked at the EB Games in Ocean Keys. Oh, yeah. I can tell you now if it, that that store would have the best sales for FIFA um, <laughs> of all, uh, no all doubt. EB Games outlets in WA. And I worked at that one, and call, that was at peak Call of Duty and all the other yeah. games of that era. Yeah. But FIFA
0: football outsold,
1: outsold all of them by far. is crazy. <laughs> but
0: stereotypes do exist.
2: <laughs> well, they say I that's Luka. really cool, though. That it's yeah.
0: that they, there's
1: that dedicated, um, you know, venue. Yeah, uh, opening up, um, and that's at the current Bistro. You were saying?
2: I'm pretty sure that might be incorrect. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> Just in that area. Google yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's up in the northern suburbs. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, great. And, um and have you got anything upcoming on your YouTube channel anything uh I've got system? a few
2: different things written out just like yeah. general uh gig reviews and um stuff that I've been into lately I'm just uh, it's been a month
1: <laughs> yeah
2: uh so I need to catch up on uploading but yeah there'll be stuff each week
1: yeah. what's the um what's the next video planned um tease the audience with
2: it's probably just going to be like a rundown of things i've been really loving yeah gigs that i've been to albums that i love yeah. um just yeah new bands that i found yeah yeah
1: yeah groovy and so you're on youtube as as we mentioned before on aluka h-o-n-o-r-l-u-c-a yes that's right instagram is the same handle yep um do you do any other socials? Is there a Facebook page to like or? Not? Um,
2: there was one, but I'm deleting nice. it because yeah. like no one's people, no one's interested. People are
1: flocking <laughs> from Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah, Instagram is where it's where it's at mostly. Cool. So that, those are the two kind of of calls. Yeah. To, uh, your content. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm always
2: talking to people on Instagram. So.
1: Yeah. Well, that's how it got you on the podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. If you go on to yeah on his Instagram, there's yeah a lot of. A lot of cool stuff to explore.
2: Always up so, for a chat.
1: <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks so much for coming down. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really appreciate. it. I'm glad we. Glad I, I had no idea about Northern Soul. I'm glad oh,
2: going go for hours. <laughs> That's yeah. one
0: I'll be checking out because yeah, like I said, I don't know much about it. I just know that so many people are so goddamn passionate about it. it there mm. must be something to it.
2: Yeah, it's because it was had... so rare and special. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah, is and there it was... still, is still a movement that kind of like has new artists cropping up?
2: No, that's that's it's the thing, like, that's why it's yeah. so expensive because some of the best tracks that everyone loved there was like three copies ever made and they don't have the rights to that anymore. So there's three copies in the world and like right. you'd have to travel right out to wherever the one DJ that had that copy was. Yeah. And they'd they'd cover like the records so you couldn't see names like you couldn't see artists. You why just would they had do to that? because it was like the most hipster movement ever. <laughs> oh,
1: so that would purposely kind of
2: like yeah, because hide it
1: for it, so like so that they could kind of keep it for certain people and y- suss them yeah, out and be like, sort of, This like, is the secret collection.
2: Yeah, it was kind of like Norwegian the, black metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after the war, um all these like English people that were going out and meeting American soldiers and that, um especially black soldiers, they had all this music from Motown. Um and Northern Soul was kind of Motown records that weren't actually recorded by Motown. Um,
1: like an inspired by yeah, artist Yeah, range. the
2: artist that didn't have enough money to record with Motown, basically. Uh, right. So it, it's all like really obscure stuff. Um, it had to have like a particular beat. Um, and yeah, they brought it back to England after the war. Um, and it's it stayed in London for the 60s. And it wasn't Northern soul back then, it was just soul. And then the working class up in the North, like Manchester and all those places, um, once it got to the seventies, they were still sort of back in the dark ages, pretty much. Like the only live music they could go to was shitty cover bands. Um, so they were really inspired by the mods in the sixties in London, but they the mods had already moved on to like psychedelic music and they were just not having it like, the Northerners were like, Night's nah, too arty farty for us. Yeah. So we want soul. And they would find these specific records and bring them back. And just every Saturday night, people would travel from literally the entire country just to one little club so they could hear like the one song that they like. And there was only like one or two copies of that song. Huh. So, yeah, it's really, really interesting. That like, is
1: a huge effort. Yeah. Well, yeah. No wonder people are so passionate about it. That's mm-hmm.
2: and it was like one year that this particular type of music was made, so it ran out really quickly. So it was just right. like
0: a real like uh, lightning in a bottle type of situation where yeah, it was Lincoln, just all of it. the everything, all of the ingredients were there. The timing was right. It happened, and then it just uh, just disappeared.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so, so. it's
1: still pretty rare for people to be making northern soul style music.
2: Yeah, I mean, you don't really pe- people that are really into northern soul would not accept people that are making like new so it's like northern poser soul kind of yeah thing yeah. because it was such a rare and like precious thing that a they're situ- very purists. and it was a situational thing as well yeah. by the sound of yeah. it.
0: Like you couldn't really have you can't recapture it. In yeah, terms up. like the yeah the whole the whole climate everything that that kind of created it is gone now. I guess by the sound of it, so. Interesting, yeah. Interesting that, like, well, it there's, yeah. I, I jokingly drew a comparison to that and Norwegian black metal, but similar, no, there, similar there thing. Is a link there, yeah. like,
1: like Norwegian black metal, pretty much died. You know, <laughs> well, it was. Oh, a, it's still kind of going. It but.
0: was, yeah. It existed. It existed. It was fueled by bootlegs and it was fuel fueled by demos and and um, yeah, it was like a community <clears throat> you yeah. know, very niche like community based sort of thing. It's, it's obviously a lot larger in scale. It was birthed
1: by business, it was birthed.
0: By, <clears> yeah. <throat> yeah, and like Euronymous record shop was the centre of it, much like the you know, the club that you mentioned mm. for Northern Soul was where everybody could go and enjoy it. And that was like Euronymous's record shop was was that place for, for Norwegian black metal. But yeah, it's interesting. Drawn some parallels of, there. Yeah.
2: There's there's a lot of Northern Soul influence that people don't realise is there. Yeah. Like, um, oh my God, what is that song? Uh, Tainted Love oh. is a cover of a Northern Soul track. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Soft heard, Cell.
0: Because uh, that's, that's not an original and I never no, knew yeah. who the original was. I
2: heard Gloria original. Jones, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I heard the actual original one not long ago. Actually, maybe it was on your channel.
2: Probably, yeah. <laughs>
1: have you have you done a video uh, uh, separate to the other? Nor- Maybe it was in that Northern Soul one.
2: I'm not. Sh- I pro- might have used it in the background. I don't know. Maybe because
1: yeah, something drew my attention to it the other day, and I was like, oh, because Marilyn Manson covered it. I was going to mention that, se- but he covered. He was covering soft Cell doing that. It. Yeah,
0: but well, he must have known it. that. Well, I'm sure he knew that it was soft Cell were covering it. Surely, oh, I'm yeah. sure he. So, which means that, guy. yeah. So Marilyn Manson probably knows. A fair he bit might, about Northern he, Soul, I'm he sure he's. A, a big he might soul. have deep dived into Northern Soul. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I, I can, yeah, definitely imagine Marilyn Manson being into into a, a scene you wouldn't, you know, typically picture him being into. Yeah, 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 that's dive. it. Yeah, so maybe maybe that was his little ode to it.
0: Yeah, so, who knows? Hey,
1: or maybe he just liked soft Cell songs.
0: <laughs> soft sell were pretty good. They were pretty good. They were yeah. better than a one here wonder band.
1: Yeah, yeah no, really, we've got that record.
0: Uh, Have a listen to it. It's pretty decent. It's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, awesome. you'll enjoy it. You'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, you like nice. electronic stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's in there. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we might wrap it up. there uh, Thank you so much, Honor. Thanks. 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 Pleasure man. to meet Is there me anything uh, we need to announce for the record shop at all? Any events?
3: Ah, oh,
0: look. Because there's that one in planning. Do we want to? Uh, I I can't unfortunately reveal anything about that just yet. There's still too much up in the air with that one, but right,
1: we'll there is something
0: that. in the pipeline. So uh, we'll stay uh, tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Keep your keep your eyes and ears peeled, and we'll announce something shortly.
1: Yeah, it's it's worth keeping your yeah, ears, um, yeah, sharp for because <laughs> <laughs> you've told me about it, and it's uh, I've, I've been pretty uh, pretty interested. Yeah. So
0: yeah, we'll uh, we'll update you. Uh, as we can on that one
1: yeah cool all right thanks Liam.
0: thanks matt